0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: And uh, time for number three all time. It's Tony Salazar. Good to have you. How are you? Good to see you guys. Yeah. Great. Great to be here. Did that, did, uh, did that resonate with your guys a little bit about that consecutive game win streak? Was that even brought up to him?
0: Oh, yeah. It was brought up to, them. <laughs> Way to motivate our kids. And, and, and obviously, that's the trick. Uh, this is... It's finding ways, obviously, to uh, new angles to attack every single week and to keep kids focused about the preparation it takes every single week, no matter the opponent. And so, forty-nine games, Westlake has done that, and we're trying to do that for fiftieth um, this Friday night.
2: We talked last week, Coach, on the phone about just the challenge that Bowie presented, and you know, you guys took them seriously as an opponent have since since you've been there. Uh, pretty competitive ball game in the first half, but at the end, you know, a forty-five nothing win outside of the bottom line. What'd you like?
0: Uh, You know, obviously, you know the first half they got a couple first downs on us on defense, and obviously kept our offense on the sideline. Um, And then offense kind of went three and out a couple drives, and you kind of put those two and two together, and the first quarter was gone. You know, and then we turn around and it's ten to nothing uh, right there before halftime. Defense did a great job of getting kind of three and out with about two minutes left. They had the ball left. We gave the ball back to our offense with about a minute and a half left, and our offense went down the field and got a touchdown there with about ten seconds left in the first half. I think that was. Really, the turning point. It could have been at halftime 10 to nothing, and, as, and instead we're up 17 to nothing. Um, and then you kind of add on top of that, we received, uh, we deferred uh, the opening kickoff, so we got the ball to start third quarter. We'll go out and score the first drive of third quarter. Now it's 24 to nothing. So, only in a, in a game span window of about two minutes, we went from being up 10 points to up. Twenty-four points. Yeah. So that to me was the biggest turning point in the game. And then our kids kind of you know rode the way from there. First coach I ever heard really emphasized that that in the first half, start of say that was Mac Brown
1: talked about that. Get it. Go if, if we can. If we've deferred the option, try to get down. Get a stop. Get down. Get the score before the half is done. We get the ball and come back down. It's a it's,
0: it's not only a big numerical boost. It's a big emotional boost. Is it? Absolutely. It's, it's an emotional boost. Obviously, start both halves. Start the game and obviously start the second half. Uh, in our offensive goal board, we have you know one of our goals every single week is to score on both drives, first drive of, of both halves. And when we get the ball to start the game, we want to score. We get the ball to start the second half, we want to score, and uh, we, we achieved that last week. And we've done it a couple times this year, but there have been times we have it, and it allows your opponent to kind of stay in the game and, and to keep the momentum, you know, kind of uh, balanced or in neutral, in neutral standing. And so whenever you can start a half that way with the score, I think it's a big morale booster for your football team. How often?
1: Uh, I, I imagine it's the the vast majority of the time. But how often do your guys hit all of the goals on your goal board during a, a game week?
0: You know, the the score is going to probably reflect um, a, a positive goal board. Uh, so when you do have a a dominant win against an opponent, that's when you're more likely to get those uh, all the goals on offense, defense, special teams. I would say this year through nine varsity football games, we probably achieved that goal. Uh, at least three times, and uh, that's that's saying something because we don't lower the standard. You know, um, our goal board based off of whether it's a, a backup in the game, whether it's you know the the fourth string guy that's getting to play, you know, in the fourth quarter. Um, those goals travel with our whole football team and not just with the starters. And so to you know to make sure that we have zero three and outs, that falls on the guys that maybe are playing in the fourth quarter too, just like as the starters that started the game. I mean, that's a goal at our place. So you don't get a 3-and-out. You don't give up a sack. No turnovers. I mean, these are all things that are make you a highly successful team, but they're also hard to get, and they're hard to get every single week, all of them. Uh, go to defense, we talk about 14 points or less. We talk about three or less yards per rush. We talk about, um, you know, sacking the quarterback, one of 11 pass attempts, gaining possession for the offense three times on the plus side of the 50. Um, those are things that we're talking about. How do we become a better defense? And that's giving the ball our offense as many times as we can. Wow. Let those guys go score.
1: Because I think that number might surprise some people. So only three, I mean, the, the, the way they dominate games. But you, I think that's a great point that you make. If you're getting young guys in there playing in the fourth quarter, probably their their veteran teammates are on the sideline going, don't let the goal board
0: down. Let's that's go. It. That's it. And that's how we obviously keep the standard up at Westlake. Is It doesn't matter if you're number one, if you're number four. While you're in there, there is a plan to win. There's a there's an action plan with our goals. There's an as a tangible number tied to these things. Obviously, with the stats, um, all those things can have a direct impact on our success. And um, whether they're, they're an all-state player or whether they are, you know, a first-year varsity player as a senior, um, all those guys, you know, are trying to live up to what the guys in front of them laid laid before them.
2: As you get ready to go into the playoffs, coach, your sub-varsity kids. How do you determine which of those sub-varsity kids you pull up? to to be whether they're, you know, scout team or whatever during the playoffs, guys that are going to travel. How do you go about determining that?
0: Well, through the years, it's kind of been a process. And obviously, first and foremost, we'd want every single one of our JV and freshman players to come up with us if we could. But uh, we have 110 freshmen 130 JV players. So we can't (laughs) add 240 players to (laughs) our sideline. (laughs) Uh, And so we'd look uh, red, white, and blue, uh, you know, rainbow out there on the field too with all kinds of colors. We don't have enough jerseys for 300 guys. So uh, obviously that's logistical impossibility to, to get all those kids. So we want to go for the guys that obviously are typically on our number one JV football team. They were the stars on offense or defense. Um, it doesn't always work that way because based of numbers and position groups, we might already have enough up that we have enough to practice with that we're fine. Some position groups we might need obviously to supplement that with those stars on offense and defense. Uh, we do like to bring up our young quarterbacks with our freshmen and JV to give those kids the opportunity to, to know what it looks like to prepare at the varsity level for a championship practice. Yep. Um, and, you know, guys, we do that today. You know, that's kind of a, a far ahead I think we are in our thinking is uh, we had that first JV bring-up practice with our varsity this morning. And, nice. and my thinking is, obviously, is we don't have second chances next week. So if we go out and bring those guys to practice on Monday and they have no idea what to do, no idea where to go, and we're wasting all our time as coaches hurting these freshmen and JV players around the field and trying to get quality work and quality looks out of them, we've wasted a day, and we've wasted time. And so I so said, if we're going to waste any time or waste any you know, kind of effort towards that, we're going to get that done this week. So that next week, obviously, when it's for all the marbles every week, we're not wasting days and opportunities. So they showed up to practice 6 this morning. They were they were bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to roll. Uh, they now know what it looks like to be at a varsity football practice. So. Good. Uh, the, yeah, the junior, uh, the JV bring up guys. Those guys are doing a great job so far.
1: Is that something you implemented this year, or is it something Coach Dodge did? And is the staff in the past? Or was that something you brought in? And said, hey, let's get them up a week early.
0: Uh, it's really, uh, I would say, this is the first time we've done it this week, a week early. We typically do it next week, um, but uh, most I just, programs do. Most programs yeah. do. Yeah, everybody waits till next week. I just want to get out of the way and one less thing to have to worry about and deal with next week. We can get all of our attention to our opponents. And obviously have, uh, have guys establishing their new roles on our football program. And that's it. When we go through our roster from number one to 99, we want every single kid on our roster to have a role. How are you making us get better as a football team, all right, towards winning a state championship? And and now those kids that we brought up, the 24, 25 sub-varsity players we brought up, they all know what their role is now. Um, and they're committed. Uh, part of being up is, hey, we plan on practicing and having Thanksgiving here at Westlake High School. yep, uh, Having practice right here. If you can't commit to being here um, during that week of practice, then all right, then we'll let you go to, to off season a little early, build build your strength, develop a little bit, and we'll get somebody else here that can. And uh, that's the expectation with families, with our community is uh, we we have Westlake uh, Thanksgiving in Westlake hopefully because that means uh, we're practicing football. You
1: got that Turkey Bowl thing that Coach was all about. Yep, yep. Thanksgiving
0: <laughs> morning we we'll have Turkey Bowl and those guys get to go out and play a little football and and have heck of a Thanksgiving. You brought up,
1: you said uh, first year senior varsity, uh, senior first year varsity players. How many of those do you have?
0: I would say we have probably 15 to 18 of those guys, Mm -hmm. you know, that may play JV football last year as Mm -hmm. a junior and uh, have stayed the course. Uh, This program means so much to those kids. They're the ones that will not be deterred. They're the ones that are obviously disciplined and and they're all in. You know, all that we talk about our program, we're all in. We're all in for this season, for each other, um, for this run at at history. And uh, when you're a first-year senior football player in our program, you have more respect, I think, than most people because of the road that you've taken to get to varsity. And the road might be a little longer for your end than it was for some other guys to get to that seat, that seat at the table, the chance to play on Friday night. Um, And those guys in our program are often the guys that are attack team players every single week. They're the guys that you know, that show up and somehow manage to turn themselves into an all-district player as a senior. Those are the guys that get you over the top to be in state champions.
2: Coach, we've got a question on the Specs text line for you. Uh, and I know this is a loaded question, but who who would you say the coach or coaches are that influenced you the most in your life and as a football coach?
0: Oh, wow. Well, Good question. Uh, yeah. I, I would say – you know, I think uh, the three I have three main coaches I think influenced me the most in my journey here to be being a high school football coach uh, was my high school coach number one, Howard Ballard out in Dripping Springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, tremendous demeanor. Uh, what I really liked about uh, Coach Ballard is it was never too high, never too low, just kind of a constant. You always knew what you were going to get with him. Um, you know, he had a real, real loving side to him. And, and Saul, um, I think the impact he could he could make on high school age kids, and, and obviously I'm I'm an example of that. Uh, he influenced me to to stay on track and to use sports obviously as an outlet to achieve things. And then I went to my college coach, Pete Fredenberg, Texas, coach, obviously he's uh, you know won three national championships there at Mary Hardin Baylor. Grew that program from the from the start uh, to where it's at now. And and he taught me obviously I think more about being a leader, uh, how to lead men, how to lead other coaches. Um, you know, as a player, how to lead, as a coach, how to lead. Uh, and I think he taught me all those different things about um see leader is lonely and, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's hard to make some tough decisions it's hard to uh, to never show any type of you know hesitation when making decisions when all, all eyes are on you all right you have to come up with the right answer the right response it doesn't have to just be with your words it has to be with your actions with your body language with everything uh, with your heart and i think uh, he taught me that and then the last but certainly not least is coach dodge obviously and he's uh, he taught me, obviously, how to um, you know, how to run a complete program, uh, especially at the high school level, a championship program, how, how to have framework with it, with, with our objectives and our goal boards and, and, and the layout and structure of, obviously, how to – the things you hear me talk about all the time. I mean, that's probably more influenced by Todd Dodge more than anything, obviously, because this Westlake program wouldn't be where it's at without, obviously, uh, you know, his leadership and guidance and in, in the structure he brought to, to our field house and – those three guys, all you know, hall of famers in my book, all great quality men, um, and uh, they all have impacted my life in, in, in countless ways that uh, I can never say thank you enough. For those three, Westlake Chaparrals head coach Tony Salazar, guest during this
1: portion of the program uh, here on Light the Tower, Craig Way and Jeff Howe, Snoop Daniel with a all right, question for the, coach? the Oh, okay, coach, real quick. Oh, you were talking about the young kids coming up, and I do want to shout out. Uh, Looks uh, like you Luther got a list. And uh, Brody Wilheim, and if they go undefeated and win state, you will have won 88 straight games. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Bob, I want to ask you about Paxton Land, and he's been blowing up. So
0: Yeah, I mean, a bunch of good names in there. Uh, obviously, I think uh, the last name Luther rings a bell. Uh, his older brother, Sage, was an all-state free safety force uh, in our 2019 state championship team. He's playing up at Colgate right now, college football. Great, great athlete, great family. Sister was an All-American uh, swimmer. Uh, at Westlake, and I think at Georgia, and I think he's now at Texas. And mom was an Olympic swimmer, uh, and the dad in his own right is a, is a great man, and uh, great great family. But uh, Peyton is the next one in line. You know, he's been developing all year long. He's in a backup safety role. You see him all over the field on special teams, doing great things. Brody Wilhelm, young sophomore. Um, he's the one has obviously the, the tangibles. All right, uh, all the six foot five. You know, 185 pound frame. He's a hooper. Uh, yep. He he can dunk a basketball with ease, anyway. Um, so obviously he's got some talent with his with his body, his frame. Uh, he's just grown into the role of being a receiver, and obviously he's the next man up. Uh, once these guys, uh, once five and nine vacate the he's premises, all right, you'll hear a lot more about Brody Wilhelm.
1: Uh, here's a question on the Specs text line um, and uh, y- you'll like this one uh, it says ask coach why the Chaps only had one first down against Bowie in the first quarter that sounds like somebody might have thrown that at you from your uh, your uh, three and out club meeting yeah. yesterday morning.
0: <laughs>
1: it was like you said there was some adjustment that went on during that first sure
0: quarter. I mean obviously in the first half Bowie's game plan was to, to load the box and take away 33 and you look up multiple times in that first quarter it's uh, you know they got eight nine guys in the box and you're one on one outside and it's and it's third and one, and third and two. And do you really want to throw a forty-yard fade ball for two yards, or do you want to try to go impose your will and, and you know run a football for a first down? And obviously, we didn't convert on a couple of those. One of those was a was a wildcat. Uh, that was a little miscommunication in the backfield with the quarterback and the running back, uh, or with our wildcat quarterback, I should say. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I mean. Two drives out of the rest of the game. I'll take that any day of the week. Slow start, but the guys picked it up, and obviously they scored in those two most important possessions we talked about, the one right before half, then obviously the one coming out of the third quarter. And uh, we got some scores. A score in there late, uh, I think, to, uh, to McCree up a seam here in the start of the fourth quarter.
2: We talked about the senior class coach. It's a special group, uh, and you talk about you know, finding finding different edges every week is – for these guys, their last regular season home game, is is that any kind of significance for those guys this week?
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, hopefully it's, um, you know, the good thing about positioning ourselves where we're at is we have secured a, a first-round home playoff game, right. so our kids yep. will get to play here at home again next week. But obviously I think it's more for um, our seniors and their parents just to, uh, you know, pay give some special attention to their parents. They're the one the reasons that they're at where they're at and without their support and – and guidance, obviously, they wouldn't have the opportunities they do. So, uh, tonight, uh, Friday night, is going to be a, a tribute to them as parents, as uh, the leaders of these young men, um, and showing our gratitude and thanks for, for them and allowing our us as coaches and obviously our players to, to live out this dream of playing Texas high school football. Um, I think that's the, the biggest, it's going to take the center stage on Friday night. And then next week, obviously, we'll turn our attention to our opponent and give them every ounce of, of energy and, and and preparedness that we can. You uh, so you have Buta Johnson coming up. It's I'm going to emphasize
1: a couple of words here. Still scheduled mm-hmm. uh for Friday. Uh, all across the state of Texas, there are uh, schools pulling the trigger on moving games up because uh, partially, well mainly, I guess, out of concern for what could be stormy and inclement weather on Friday night. But also, I think there's a background concern about one day's less preparation for a playoff game if you wind up to that. Uh, I know you've probably had some discussions. Is that is this still a fluid situation uh, for the game?
0: Yeah, I mean, as, as the day evolves here, there's still, obviously, discussions about contingency plans with rain and with the imminent, uh, obviously, weather we have coming on. But this is Texas, and we all know that the uh, the weather does change, you know, from the morning to the afternoon at most forecasts. So uh, we're, we're kind of – we're just kind of dragging our feet a little bit here, wondering whether or not to, to make some wholesale changes or just to kind of play it out and let it ride. And obviously there's a bunch of things scheduled for Friday. Uh, we'd like to keep it on schedule. Um, but um, I, I just say this to the fans and to our players, it's just uh, – uh, be ready for a long night. We plan on playing a football game Friday, however long that takes. Be and, flexible, uh, right? Be flexible. Um, those times may adjust, you know, a little sooner, a little later. Uh, you know, maybe pack a lunch a box in the, in the car. If you get to go out there for a rain delay or something, you have something to snack on. But uh, other than that, uh, that's we're going to get it in on Friday, hopefully. Or if we have to move it to Thursday because the weather looks bleak, then we will do that as well. By all means, we're going to do what we can to get the, this game in, um, you know, hopefully before Saturday.
1: How about your thoughts on Johnson? What, what you expect to see uh, from
0: him? Obviously, we talked about them earlier in the year. They're one of these these two five A programs in our league. They're moving up to six A, and so in our field house, we've talked about Johnson before. This isn't the first time our kids have heard about them. Uh, we kind of put them, you know, out there on our on our chalk, chalkboards and let our kids know that these are the new guys on the block. They're the ones coming off a nine and one record, you know, a, a great season last year uh, in their own right. Um, And had some obviously their first senior class coming through their program. And I thought that was pretty neat. And so we've prepped our kids on that. Now our kids saw the tape on Monday. They're able to validate some of the things we've been telling them. they got good athletes. They've got good players. They've got a good scheme. Um, We're going to go out there and play. And obviously they've they've beaten some teams in our league. Um, So they've shown they can put it together for four quarters and win a football game. Um, they do a good job of running the football. They do a good job of kind of spreading the, the wealth amongst their backs, the quarterbacks being a runner too. So it's going to challenge us schematically up front on defense and on offense. we got to just stay with who we've been. We've got to stay ahead of the chains and not make any obvious passing situations. Make us makes us obviously less predictable and allows us to spread the ball around the field and, and not let them dictate to us how we're going to play on offense.
1: We appreciate you dropping by as always. Uh, hopefully, weather is all good. Everything is all right for Senior Night and all that. And then, and then we're we're talking about that six week run that matters most yep. next
0: week. Yeah, we're we're almost there, guys. Obviously, we hope we got, we can put a bow on this uh, magical you know regular season, make it ten and zero um, that achieves the first goal on our goal board of, of winning this championship, and then. Uh, mm-hmm then after that uh, hopefully on Saturday we could turn our sights towards obviously the next opponent and uh, the big prizes that come along with playing in November December thanks for dropping by tony appreciate
1: it